0: The new kingdom of God is not corrupted by S-I-N, sin. Yes, it's a real word, and yes, it's a real situation. We'll talk about that and more. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hem.
1: I'm Janice. And
0: this is Bible Discovery TV. We are discovering the 66 books of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, all in one year. We've done it again this year. Today we focus on Revelation
2: 21, and it's going to be a very good one, so stay there. We'll handle it in about five minutes. Ryan? All right. Well, for most of my studies through Revelation this year, I've been focused on the number seven. But today, I want to look at a different number, the number eight. Uh, very good. The number eight, the New Kingdom. Excellent. Janice?
1: Rod, this is our very last broadcast Friday for the year 2022. So I have our final Friday wrap-up question of the of the whole year, and I'm going to ask a question anywhere from Revelation 6 through 21.
2: All
0: right, very good. Let's get the Bible out and go.
1: Revelation 21, 1 through 13. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the last seven plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates and names written on them which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 13.
0: Revelation chapter 21 is what we read today as we've slowed down just a bit. This is the last time that we'll broadcast until Monday in which we'll talk about the new year. But uh, Corey and Matlock do a weekly recap of the scriptures on the weekend. So make sure that you join us on the internet, BibleDiscoveryTV.com or CoreyBabechko at YouTube.com for the rest of the scripture we cover. But it's impossible for us to truly understand the depth of God's intelligence, the scope and the vastness of his holiness. This is immeasurable. But by faith, we understand that the Lord God Almighty is perfect in everything he does and in everything he says. In Revelation chapter 21, the Lord declares from his throne that he will make all things new and instructs John to write down all he said Because, quote, these words are true and faithful, verse 5. Now the written word of God is faithful and true, 2 Timothy 3.16. And the living word of God is faithful and true, Revelation 19, verse 11. And John sees a new heaven and a new earth, because the first earth had passed away. He witnesses the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. Some feel this fascinating passage in Revelation, well, the only way to interpret it is metaphorically so that we can better understand it. But wait a minute, there's nothing in the passage to suggest that we should interpret it in any way except literally how it's read. Christ will return regardless of how it looks. May God's Holy Spirit help and guide us as we read the Holy Spirit's words that are faithful and true. And we've been doing that all year, and we continue to do that. So that becomes very important. Take your Bible guide out and look at the passage because it is interesting. We're going to read this again and look at it. And uh, the Bible guide is sent to people who have uh, have put themselves on the list. They can call us or write us or go to Bible Discovery TV and click on it there, and you can do it there. So uh, we're talking about faithful and true today. And Father, as we look at the second to the last chapter of the Bible, we pray, Lord, that you would help us as we consider what you've said. Now, there's ways that we've read the scripture before, and we think we know. But Lord, I pray today that our our spirits are open to hear your Holy Spirit speak to us. So open our hearts today, and let's listen to what the Lord says in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen now let's open up the bible and go to it revelation chapter 21 verses 1 to 4 now i saw a new heaven and i saw a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away also there was no more sea no more separation between peoples then i john saw the holy city The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Now this is interesting. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Which brings me to the first point. God's new kingdom is not corrupted by sin. Very different than where we live now. Our new dwelling will exist in perfect holiness with God. Wait a minute. What does that mean? perfect holiness? What does that mean? I'm not sure. And I, I don't know what that feels like, but I can tell you that it's going to be great when the curse of sin is gone. The culture of sin is gone. The effects of sin is gone. The results of sin is gone. Death is gone. That's going to be very unique, beloved. We need to understand it. That's what God has said to us. This is the future. God has told us this. And it's like, so we can think about it and look for it. Revelation 21, let's go to verse five. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all the liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Did you hear that? Those who commit to follow sin will bear the consequences of sin's wrath, their decision. Those who follow Christ will live holy and completely healed in God's presence forever. Let me explain this. Things are becoming this way. Good is getting good-er, and bad is getting bad-er. So we're going like this. Let me tell you something. We bear the consequences of our decisions. Today we have to wake up in the morning and every day we have choices. Are we going to follow Christ or are we not? We need to make those choices on a daily basis now. Very, very important. Well, let's go back to the scripture and learn from Revelation 21 verse 9. Let's hear what it says. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. This is amazing. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, Her light was like the most precious stone. It's amazing. Like Jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and the names were written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on each on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south and three gates on the west. What does it tell us? God never forgets the names of the twelve tribes of Israel are written on the gates. God has perfect memory. Let, let me tell you something. If, if ever you want somebody to forget something, you, you don't want God to forget anything and he can't. He can choose to not remember, but he can't forget. He, he doesn't He's not like us, you know, we get old and things slip and things you know that's not God. God knows everything. Beloved, come to Jesus Christ today. Say, Jesus, I believe your Lord died on the cross and you rose again in the flesh. I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sin. I come to you. I want to serve you today. In Jesus' wonderful name, this is what we say, Lord.
2: Make it so. Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study. And as I mentioned off the top of the program, for most of my studies through Revelation this year, I've been focused on the number seven because even the casual reader will notice the many times this number shows up. As a matter of fact, the number seven is all throughout the Bible. But today on the last episode of 2022, I thought it would be fitting to talk about another important number used often in scripture. And that's the number eight. And this number is significant because it relates to Jesus Christ. Check it out. It has been well established that the Bible is a book full of numbers. In fact, it is possible for even the casual reader to pick up on the patterns and significances of certain numbers in Scripture. For example, patterns of eight can be found in the life of Jacob, Abraham, and others, and clearly represents a new beginning or a new order or creation. Indeed, there were eight human survivors of the great flood, and Abraham, the father of the faithful, had eight sons total. Jewish male infants were circumcised on the eighth day, and it was on the eighth day that the firstborn son was to be given to God as well. It is also fascinating to observe that this number associated with a new beginning or a new order is also intimately connected in the scriptures with Jesus Christ. For example, after eight days, Moses and Elijah appeared, and Christ was transfigured. Christ gave eight Beatitudes, and Thomas saw Christ and his faith was restored eight days after the Resurrection. And Jesus after his Resurrection presented himself eight times. Even more interesting is the fact that the numerical value of the six Greek letters which make up the name Jesus add up to 888. As Dr. Grant Jeffrey noted, this number might have been considered a simple coincidence, except for the fact that every one of the names of Jesus found in the Greek New Testament is also divisible by the number 8. Indeed, the titles Christ, Lord, Our Lord, Savior, Emmanuel, Messiah, and Son all have numerical values which are divisible by 8. In contrast, says Jeffrey, it is interesting to note that virtually every one of the names associated with Satan and his Antichrist is divisible by 13. Indeed, in the Old Testament Hebrew the titles Satan, Beelzebub, Belial, and the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, are all divisible by thirteen. And, in the New Testament Greek, the titles Satan, the Man of Sin, the Son of Perdition, Dragon, and Serpent are also all divisible by thirteen. It is extremely significant that Jesus Christ is represented by the number eight, because, as Dr. Charles Thurston observes, an eight laid on its side as if dead, and raised up above the line as if resurrected, is the symbol of infinity in mathematics. This symbol is taken from the master mathematician at his resurrection, as the first begotten from among the dead, and our promise of eternity. Indeed, and when we rise with Christ, we become a new creation. Isn't that amazing? Jesus Christ and his many titles all relate to the number 8. The very number which, when turned on its side, is the symbol for infinity in mathematics. This reminds us that Jesus Christ and his kingdom is forever lasting, and you know what? We can be with him in that everlasting kingdom if we will only ask him to be our Lord. Will you consider Jesus today? Come to the Lord, come to Jesus Christ, and say to him,
0: Lord, forgive me of my sins. Sins are real, and I ask for your forgiveness. Lord, help me to do that. And I believe you died on the cross and rose again in the flesh. And I need you to be the Lord of my life. Come to Jesus today. I've said that all year and continue to say that. Come to Jesus Christ. We're reading his word. And that's what this is all about. And Janice this is the last day of the year
1: it is for the broadcast for year the broadcast. now tomorrow they still have an, another assignment to yeah, finish you mean the scriptures Monday, yes no on Saturday in their guide oh. it will be <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. that's right because on Monday it's January the 2nd so tomorrow is technically the end of your Bible reading schedule revelation, revelation 22. 22 so and if this is the first time that you have completed the Bible congratulations there was not one second that was that was Wasted. Wasted. Exactly. There you go. All right. And here we go with our last question of the year. You guys
0: ready over here? Are you Uh, ready? Are you ready? We're going to see. I know
1: Bob and Cindy are ready. Greg is ready. Marinette and and Sinclair are ready. Carol's ready. There's so many people that are ready right now. Here (laughs) it is. When the seventh seal was opened, there was silence in heaven for about how long? About 15 minutes, about a half an hour or about an hour. What do you think? After the seventh seal was opened, there was silence.
2: Yeah. I think half an hour. That's, that would be my guess.
3: I agree with Ryan. I'm going to go with half an hour.
1: All right. And <laughs> on this final day, what do you think?
2: Oh, I think
0: at least 30 minutes.
1: Good job. About half an hour. <laughs> Revelation 8, verse 1. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. What does that mean? I don't silence? even know. It's amazing. Yeah. Can he- you imagine everything? So, yeah.
0: I mean, the four creatures and mm-hmm. everything, there's all kinds of life you see, see in heaven yeah. and all kinds of life, and there's silence. That's amazing.
1: But we don't want silence from our no. special guest. Uh, Last uh, day Matt of the Lafavechko
0: year. is my son-in-law. <laughs> he is a great man. We've talked about your connection with God, how that happened 10 years ago. And you, you end up writing, and yesterday I asked you if someone asked the question, they don't believe in the Bible and all that. You answer that question very good, but... Uh, what are some of the other subjects that we cover on the website? Because you handle the creation right. of the website and all that stuff. So right. what are some of the other subjects we cover?
3: Well, we, we, we pretty much cover everything that's related to the Bible, whether extra biblical or just straight biblical. There are some things, it's, sometimes it's easier to say what we don't cover. We don't really cover philosophy, right? We right. We, we, we don't really cover uh, politics and those things that are happening in the world. We want to stay just focused on the Bible because realistically, that's what's going to get you through the world, through the world anyways. So... We're trying to focus on what's the Bible and things that are directly related to the Bible. So, if it's implying it, we typically don't have that kind of stuff. Like, it's part of the reason why on my blog, I write things. I do write things that are not directly related to the Bible. So, I need to have an outlet for that. But on the website specifically, we deal with like, you know, if it's prophecy or it's theology or it's, you know, just whether or not it's about a book directly. Like recently, we wrote something on the book of Jonah, um, right? About, About why someone is saying that that's not real it's right it's completely satire and jonah's a false prophet i just
2: i remember uh, you I, yeah, came yeah. in and, and you were like really upset by this. Yeah. anyway yeah. it was hilarious because uh
0: what they were saying was crazy but anyway you and you said i gotta deal with this i gotta deal with this that's right but uh, it's important because as we focus on this we know that everybody needs jesus christ we understand that and we've added uh, some other things to the website, and in the new year, we continue to work on it and add to it and all of that. So you're responsible for the look of the program, and you're responsible for the website right. and all of that. So if you have any complaints <laughs> <laughs> about you know, the program and all that, uh, anyway, no, it's, it's very important. And what are some of the things that you think are coming up uh, that we're going to have to deal with in the next year related to the Bible?
3: In terms of like culturally speaking? Yep. Culturally speaking? Well, as things become more, well, we can say divided, and Christians themselves are, are, are really struggling with this, I will say the one thing we need, really need to focus on is unity. And like when Paul talks about it, about disunity being a sin, and this is like a... This is, so I think the one thing as Christians what we need to focus on is how to actually unify—not just you know nominally unity, just like not just like oh let's get together and be friends kind of unity. Like nobody
0: talks about nice things and all that. No, You're
3: this is—that's a real spiritual, like true fellowship unity, like the full-blown sense acts unity. That's what I'm talking about. Um, because the more and more divided the world becomes, the more and more they're going to want to take everyone down with us. Okay, everyone down with them. And um, the more unified we become, the stronger we become. A house divided can't stand, right? And Satan has done a really good job, I think, to give him some credit, of really hurting the church in some way, at least the, perceptually. Not the invisible church, but the visible church. It looks really quite damaged. And that visible church is a witness. It tells people something about this. If someone, as I said earlier, someone who's selfish, Need, needs a little bit more nuance in that personal understanding, when they see something, if someone who's more hardened sees that something is fragmented, even in uh, an institutional level, it doesn't look good. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, us unifying, truly, even no matter how difficult it is to be like, just setting aside time to try to unify, even with your di- strong differences, just setting aside time just to do it. It's to be like, okay, we theologically disagree here. Why? Let's work this out. Because maybe there's something that everyone's missing at the same time. Have some humility through the process. Um, I think that's just I think that's Christians in my mind their number one concern culturally speaking that we need to that we need to focus on.
0: That's a different level. uh, Yes. Because we've we've never had to deal with that, and it seems as if God has allowed this to happen so that we can pay attention to what's going on. I can tell you, and you know this in Nigeria. In China, in India, where they're struggling with faith. And uh, we love all the people in Africa. We love the people in India. We're on in India, and we love the people uh, in China. But they're not fighting over the things that we fought for, that we fought for between denominations and everything else over the past 30, 40 years. No. They're just trying to survive. That's right. And they have the Bible. Well, most of them do. But... They don't in China, but they, they have the Bible and they're looking at the Bible and they're saying, we don't care what you look like. We don't care what you say, but we understand the Bible and we're with you. And let's get the right. Bible into our hearts. Yeah. It's the right. church in Acts, it's basically. The church, that's in, the right. church it's, in Acts. Yeah, because
1: it's the one thing that does unify us is Jesus Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, the point. Right. That's the unifying and point. And
3: th- what the other churches have that we don't is persecution. Mm-hmm. And so what we've forgotten here in the West is that suffering is part of the gospel. We've forgotten that. We've gotten so comfortable and granted, it's really easy to become comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the world's accommodating for it's here. We'll give you more to be as comfortable as you can. It's so easy. So it's, but suffering is like Christ, a living sacrifice, Romans 12, right? Like that is the gospel, the gospel through you, not just said out loud, not just telling someone about it, but seeing it lived out.
0: and, and in Matthew chapter 24 it says Jesus says these things nation against nation all that but he doesn't stop there. It goes on and he's saying people will hate you for my name's That's right. And you will be persecuted. Right. And that's a clear thing. Right. So we have to remember that.
3: That's right. And, and through that process if through the part of unity starts very simple. If you know that when Jesus asked Peter, how do you know that I'm the Messiah? He's like, well, I just know you're the Messiah. And Jesus says, because my Father in heaven revealed this to you. Okay? So how much more that you believe Jesus is God? Okay? If you don't believe Jesus is God, okay, first of all, okay, that's a bigger problem. Okay? Because he's clearly saying that he's God throughout the whole text. But if you know all everyone out there, all these Trinitarians out there that believe Christ is God, that means God's working in their life in some way. Because the God has revealed it to them that he, that Jesus is God. Therefore, that is a basis by which to have community to, to speak with them. Not to be like, you're a heretic, you're out. Start with, with the positive. God's working in their lives. Start there. Then work on mutual edification through that. And you might be edified through the process because you might have some faults.
0: So that's a totally different way to look at it, and I think it's correct uh, than how we have been looking at it. You know, oftentimes we see the persecuted church and we say, well, you know, they're persecuted or not. No, that's not how we should look at it. We should understand that we are brothers and sisters together with them. Very important. Right. Let's think on these things and let's get on with the program. Thank you for praying with us all year. I appreciate it. And we're going to continue this next year as we go through the Bible again. I look forward to that. And hopefully you're ready to start on Monday. So let's get our minds fixed on Genesis again. Very, very important. But today let's pray. Lord, I I want to thank you because you are forever faithful and you are, Lord, forever true. I choose to follow you. Help me, Lord, today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.